Welcome to Above Par. I'm your host, Kathy Hartwood. I show you how to take more of your talent to the golf course without practicing harder, taking more lessons, or buying new equipment. I show you how to end the frustration of underperforming so you can start playing to your potential. This is where you are going to learn how to think above par so you can play below par. Let's get to it. Hello, my golf friends. How are you? I'm hoping that you had a beautiful weekend. Maybe had some big Super Bowl parties, plans. By the time this plays, I'll be coming back (laughs) from Arizona, from Phoenix, Scottsdale. I'm going out to speak at one of my clients' clubs to their women's organization, an all-day workshop. I'm so excited to meet all the women out there, the members of the club, see my client. Sometimes I don't get to see my clients face-to-face, so I love to give them a hug and see them face-to-face. So I'm very excited to head out to Scottsdale, Arizona and uh, speak to the membership I'll probably be caught in all the Super Bowl traffic leaving. (laughs) Everybody's heading out of town. I'm headed in. But yeah, I'm very excited to get out there and speak. I'll share more about that with you next week. But today I want to talk to you about erratic rounds, whether it's your score, your final score being erratic, or within a round, certain holes being erratic. I have a lot of people who come to me asking, how do I play more consistently? I seem to always have a bunch of bogeys or blow up holes. Or I can't seem to put a couple good nines together or good rounds together. I seem to be getting in my own way. How do I minimize that? And some of it can be just part of golf. We're going to have some inconsistencies. It depends on your handicap for sure. You know, some of the attraction of those mid-range handicaps as partners in events when they get their handicap is because they can go low sometimes, but they also go high sometimes. And that can be just part of your consistency with your game and your talent and your skill. But the difference is, is when we get in our own way. And a lot of times the complaint is that I seem to make stupid mistakes. And it's the stupid mistakes that are getting in my way. And I'm having these big numbers or a series of big numbers or bad rounds. So I want to talk about three different areas where we can have erratic rounds, something for you to focus on, to think about and be aware of that can get in the way of us being more consistent on the golf course. Okay, so the one area is where you might hit it into trouble off the tee box. You hit it into the trees, you hit it into the rough, you might hit it in the water, and it turns into a big number. And when you look back after the hole is over, you're like, God, I made so many stupid mistakes. Why did I do that? I short-sighted myself. And this is one of the things that can happen is let's say you hit it into trouble and you're in the trees and then your brain offers up, let's see if we can save par from here. And so you try and hit a shot that you don't own. You have that urge to try and go for the pin or go for the green to try and make up shots because you hit that first shot into trouble, right? So you hit something that isn't in your wheelhouse, It's like, I'm going to hit this knockdown five iron slice around the tree and stop it into like the little peninsula of the green where the pin is. It's like, how many times have you done that in your life? Well, never, but I'm going to try it right now. So this reminds me, I used to teach in the Nicholas Flick Golf School, Jack Nicholas, Jim Flick, and they used to hold golf schools all across the country. And I was teaching in Pebble Beach, Spyglass. We were hosting it out there. I think we're at the practice area at Spyglass. So anyway, I was doing bunker. That's Mike was my area. And I just had groups rotate through and I taught bunker all day, gave a presentation, helped them in the bunker, and then opened it up for questions. And so... I ask if anybody has any questions or want to know how to hit certain shots, just ask me. So (laughs) 
it was so funny. People would start asking questions. Well, how do you hit it on a downhill lie in the bunker? How do you hit it out of a plugged lie? How do you hit it from this lie? And I had this guy come up and he goes, okay, so we're behind the bunker. We're underneath the tree. We have two feet of green to work with. It's downhill working away from you and you're on a downhill lie and I have a bad left knee. (laughs) I can't go on the downhill. I can't lean that way. How do you hit the shot? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I probably made some snarky comment because I find so much humor in that. It's an impossible shot. What he was setting us up for was like an impossible shot. Like, how do you hit that shot? And this is the part of the problem is so many of us go out on the golf course and try to hit these impossible shots that we've never practiced and we never tried. And then what's going to happen is he's going to flub it in the bunker or skull it over the bunker. And this is where it turns into big numbers. And it usually surfaces from, I need to save par or I need to save bogey. We put a little pressure on ourselves to try and hit shots that we just don't own. And then we end up making big numbers. So pay attention next time if you hit into any trouble off of the tee box, do you go and try and hit a shot after that? Do you have the urge to hit a shot that has like a 1% percentage of success? (laughs) I've watched it over and over again, and I've done it for sure. And it's fun, it's super fun if you pull it off. And I don't think it's a problem that you try those shots as long as you know what you're doing. As long as you're saying, there's a 5% chance I can pull this off and I'm willing to try it, but I'm also willing to pay the consequences. There's always a risk and a reward. Are you willing to pay the consequences? But that doesn't usually happen. That would be making a logical decision. We go into it and we don't make logical decisions. It feels like a stupid mistake because in hindsight, we're like, oh yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. Hmm. Now I short side myself. Now I'm in really big trouble. Right? We don't think ahead. That's when we make stupid mistakes. All right, the second scenario could be where you have a bad hole and that turns into another bad hole. This is typically because we have a bad hole and we're pissed off, right? We're angry, we're mad. And we stand on the tee box and before we swing and get ourselves back into a state where we can think clearly and swing freely, we swing pissed off. And then we get into more trouble. And then usually we're more pissed off. So then we play that hole and finish that hole, not from a very clear mind. I have stood on plenty of tee boxes and swung out of my shoes. And my dad used to call it fueled by fury. (laughs) And a lot of times it would work and sometimes it wouldn't. It's just not a preferred place to play. I've done it. I know sometimes I get away with it. Sometimes not so much. But we can run into a series of bad holes when we haven't solved for the emotion, the disappointment, or the anger from that first bad hole, where we hang on to that negative emotion longer than necessary, and it starts affecting the rest of our round. So in those moments, it's really good for you to look back and say, like, how am I feeling? What am I thinking? Am I still hanging on to that lipped out three-footer on number five that pissed me off, or am I present and focused? and calm and relaxed. Anytime your mind is on the past and you're still ticked off about something that already happened that you cannot change, there is no upside. You can't change it. It already happened. We got to move forward. And sometimes we're not just pissed off. Sometimes we can be really disappointed and we hang on to that disappointment or that shame or that, that beating ourselves up. And that becomes a little more challenging to get past than anger. So how long do you play bummed out, feeling sorry for yourself? in a negative emotion. 
Whereas I've described it before, we're in the basement as far as our energy level goes. It's hard to focus. It's hard to swing our best in those moments, be engaged, be present, even sometimes just wanting to play. So how often does that happen after a bad hole? And then the third area is where we can be too excited, right? So you can make a birdie or have a really good hole and get super excited where that energy takes you up into what I call the attic of your nervous system, right? We start moving a little bit faster. Our tempo might get faster. And the next thing you know, we're out of sorts on that next hole. And then we have a bogey or a double bogey. We have these big, huge mood swings throughout the round. We go from super excited to super disappointed. Right? This might happen. You have a couple birdies in a row and you're super jacked up and super excited. And that energy is not calm and not certain and not confident. It can also be hard for you to focus and you can also make stupid mistakes. Now you might be thinking, you know what? Let's make some more birdies. Let's start going for the pin. You start playing a game that you typically don't play and then you start making mistakes. So it doesn't matter whether you've hit a shot out of play and then you start making stupid mistakes, quote unquote, stupid mistakes, because you don't have access to the front part of your brain because you're in the back part of your brain and you're trying to hit shots that you don't own and then you short side yourself or hit it into more trouble. It could be that you hit it into trouble off the tee box and then you get disappointed and you get disengaged. Like, I don't care. I'll just wait until the next hole. Let me just get out of this hole, get off of this green. Could be that you had a bad hole and you're ticked off or disappointed and you're letting it carry over to the next hole. And the next hole (laughs) just depends on how long we keep carrying it over. Or it could be that you're just super excited and that energy doesn't work. It, It works against your tempo and your rhythm and your focus. So any three of these scenarios can contribute to erratic holes and erratic rounds. And your job is to start being really aware of what you do, different scenarios that you get yourself a little bit sideways. That awareness is first going to happen after you finish a round. So it's worth you evaluating, like what went on right there? What was I thinking? What did I do? Anytime you're not focusing, you're making stupid mistakes, it's because you're in the back part of your brain, you're not in your prefrontal cortex, and you want to have some tools and some tactics to get back up to the front part of your brain in those moments so that you can think clearly, so you can make good decisions versus swinging going, I don't even know why I swung right there. I don't even know what I was thinking. (laughs) Right. So if you have those moments where you hit shots and you're like, I wasn't even thinking, I wasn't present, I wasn't focused, I don't even know why I swung. That is only because you're not up in the front part of your brain. You're not likely calm and present. You might be thinking about something that already happened. You're thinking about your score. You're worried about other people. You're beating yourself up, right? That keeps you in the back part of your brain. So you're not thinking clearly. There's nothing wrong with you if you do this. It's just your goal is to get back up to the front part of your brain as over as many shots as possible. I've talked about this on lots of podcasts. Your job when you go out there and play is to hit as many shots from calm, certain, or confident, or your preferred state, whatever that is, so that you can think clearly and swing freely. So if you find moments where you're not thinking clearly, it's time to be curious and aware of what you're doing. And anytime you have anger or disappointment, frustration, shame, worry, We're going to have a hard time thinking clearly over those shots, and we might make decisions that we later regret. So erratic rounds can happen just because of the nature of the beast of the game of golf. 
the way that you know whether it was just golf and I was having one of those days or that you got in your own way is paying attention to patterns that you have, whether it's a series of holes, a big blow up hole and paying attention to what you were thinking and where you were relative to low energy or higher energy in those shots because they're going to directly affect your decision making and how well you swing. All right, my friends. So if you have erratic rounds, just get curious, start paying closer attention. Chances are you're going to find a pattern in there. And when you find the pattern, you're going to know where to start doing some of the work. All right. Have a beautiful week and I'll talk to you next Wednesday. If you want any help with this, you want to know some tools and tactics to get up to the front part of your brain. If I can help you with some coaching along the way, make sure you reach out to me at kathyhartwood.com. 